I distinctly recall a time when stuttering used to sort of control my entire life. So, for example, I had gone for this internship during my college days. My office used to be three kilometers away from the place I used to stay. And there used to be this bus that would pick me up from my home and drop me to the office. But the problem was that I had to tell the bus driver the stop name every time I had to board the bus. And I couldn't say the stop name. So I used to walk three kilometers every day back and forth just to avoid that situation. Hello everyone, my name is Neil Patel and welcome to the Indian Startup Show. And that was my guest, Meet Singhal. He's the co-founder of Stammerai. Stammerai is a mobile app to help you learn and practice speech therapy exercises for stuttering and stammering. So in this episode, he talks about how stuttering controlled his life, almost having a breakdown and how he turned it all around by developing this mobile app. Talks about the initial prototype and acquiring his first customers, which now has 40,000 plus installs across 155 countries around the world. Amazing stuff. Talks about the science and psychology around stuttering, talks about the business model, and finally, he gives great advice about raising finance and finding product market fit. So please enjoy the show. Thank you. Hello, Meet. Thank you for coming on the Startup Show today. Hi, Neil. Thank you so much for having me here. Uh, very excited to be part of the show. Excellent. Uh, please tell us what you're building. So, Neil, we are building Stammerai, which is a speech therapy app for stuttering. So, we are basically trying to build a product to help people who stutter overcome the disorder. Awesome. And what inspired you to do this? So, Neil, I am a person who stutters myself and I faced this issue since I was a child. And it has had a huge impact on my life growing up. So, I got together with one of my friends, Anshul, who is the other co-founder. And around three years back, I was helping him with his speech when we came up with this idea that maybe we can codify the entire experience and in the process make speech therapy accessible, affordable and higher quality for everyone. And that's how we started with Stammerai. And what have you, what have you specifically built? Right. So uh, it's a speech therapy app. It's live on both Android and iOS. So the app consists of instructional videos through which we teach speech therapy exercises. Then it has tools to help people practice those exercises. Then there is a community aspect to it where you can practice with other users in the app and it also acts like a self-help group. And can you share some stats please uh, in terms of downloads um, and how many sort of countries are using it perhaps? Sure, sure. So uh, the app uh, has been downloaded over 40,000 times across 155 countries. Wow. So have, we have users across the world, right from India to US to Pakistan to Bangladesh. So uh, you, you name a place and we have a user there. How, how does that make you feel then, going live in 155 countries? Yeah, I, I think it, that's the power of the internet. Uh, earlier, I mean, 10 years back from now, even thinking about an early stage startup going live worldwide from the get-go was impossible. And now it's like, it has happened to us. We haven't really planned for it. Mm. It just happened. Uh, and let's go back to the early days then. What did, what did the first prototype look like and you know, how, how did you get it off the ground? So when we started off, we were really, we started building it with the idea that we are building it for ourselves. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So me and Anshul, we, and we also got a friend, Harsh, uh, with us. So he, he's also some, someone who's very experienced in the startup space. Mm. We built a very basic MVP and just put it out there mm. for people to use. And uh, the most important question in our head at that point of time was that would people be using a purely self-directed product? 
Yeah. So if there isn't a speech therapist sitting on your head and asking you to practice, would people still be motivated enough to practice with an automated solution? When we launched that MVP, uh, it was very surprising. We started seeing people discover the app by themselves and started to use it for one hour, two hours a day. That really encouraged us. Since then, we've been adding features, uh, improving the app in various ways. And it's been a good journey mm. since then. Sounds good to me. Uh, what was in the first app then? Just, uh, how, how many sort of features did it have in it? And was it how was it high so, quality uh, or low quality? Yeah, it was a very low quality MVP. Mm. So if if it's high quality, I don't think it qualifies as as an MVP. Mm-hmm. So it was quite low quality back then. We launched with just three exercises back then, mm-hmm. three stuttering management exercises. Now we have over thirty exercises. Uh, there weren't any community features. There weren't uh, an aspect of actually teaching the exercises. At that time, it was just a person who already knows them can practice it in the app. And what what did you learn from your you know, doing the doing the first MVP? Uh, yeah. So the biggest learning uh, in terms of the positives was that people were using it by themselves. In terms of some negative learnings, I would say that uh, actually it's everything actually turned out to be positive from that MVP. Mm-hmm. Very, very few negative things that came about. Mm-hmm. Some learnings that we have had over time as we have progressed in our journey. Mm-hmm. When we started off, we uh, we were of the opinion that right from our MVP, the learning that we got was that the users who were coming in, they were very motivated and they would practice long hours. But as we have gone about, as the scale of the app has increased, the newer set of users who are coming, their motivation levels are not as high as the first set of customers. And to keep them motivated, we have to uh, continually brainstorm new features so that the drop-off rates uh, become lower and lower. So, for example, we have been adding gamification elements to the app. The community aspect of the app, we are boosting that up over time. That's interesting. That um, and then so okay, so you've got the MVP, uh, you've got the three exercises. People seem to like it. What what did you do? What did you do next? How, how did you scale this? So uh, when when we launched the MVP, uh, it was built by my own personal experiences with stuttering mm-hmm. and my reading of the speech therapy books. Mm-hmm. So one thing we were very clear about was uh, that we wanted the app to be clinically sound. So we started to get in touch with certain speech therapists Mm -hmm. uh, who can take care of the clinical aspect of things. We got in touch with speech therapists both in India and the US. And now we have full-time speech therapists in the team that helped us with it. Uh, Second, uh, we also started fundraising. So we raised a very small pre-seed round to help us build a small team Mm -hmm. that can help us experiment faster. Earlier, it was the three of us who were doing everything, Mm -hmm. right? From thinking about the product to actually going out there and coding it, then getting feedback from the users. And our iteration cycles were very slow. Uh, Once we hired a few team members, Uh, we were able to iterate faster and get to a much better product offering in a faster time. Then we also pumped up our marketing efforts. Uh, We invested very heavily on content marketing Mm -hmm. uh, and SEO. So both of these channels have been working good for us. 
सो मच सो दैट इवन टिल नाउ वी स्पेंड वेरी लिटिल ऑन पेड मार्केटिंग एंड मोस्ट ऑफ आवर यूजर्स आर ऑर्गेनिक कमिंग टू सर्चिंग फॉर स्टार्टिंग सोल्यूशन speaking to tr- traditional speech therapy companies what what was that like so ac- actually uh, when we started off we were a bit skeptical about talking with the speech therapist uh, we were thinking that they might see us as a competition to their practice but when we actually went out there and met with them we were pleasantly surprised so i would say it was a 30 70 ratio mm. 30% of them were skeptical but the other 70% they were very encouraging and uh, it almost it almost felt like these therapists have been waiting for some technology mm. to help them in their day to day operations and the demand supply gap for speech therapy is so large that these therapists weren't thinking of us as competition but something that that can help people who stutter people with speech disorders improve their lives mm. so yeah a good experience on that side that's good uh, in terms of the fundraising then how, how long did that take then how, how many pitches did you have to make <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it it was a slightly long process i think uh, the day we started and the day we actually got the money in the bank it took us about 6 months mm. and uh, we had to pitch to i think uh, 12 to 15 uh, investors mm. or funds or uh, to close our first fundraise i mean this process could have been longer but uh, we had previous startup experience so had we had built up that startup connects with investors over time uh, it was easier than uh, it would have been had we been doing a startup for the first time uh, in terms of any tips or any advice to our listeners about pitching to vcs or trying to get finance what helped what didn't help right so i think uh, preparation is a very important aspect mm-hmm. of any fundraise mm-hmm. so before you start to fundraise you have to spend time on the pitch deck you have to spend time on the rehearsals of your pitch mm-hmm. for example i might have done at least 100 mock pitches before i actually went and pitched to an investor and especially in india where we aren't used to this kind of stuff mm. this is something which people can very often ignore and you might straight away jump to an investor meeting and that is uh, that is pure disaster i can tell you that so one needs to spend that time and that that preparation even though for, for people who are focused who come from the product background it might seem like a waste of time as such because that is not adding value to the business per se but the amount of money that you can get the resources that you can get through that capital that is completely worth spending that time in an ideal world uh, investors should be looking out for the most promising startups but that is not the case right now you have to go out there and look for investors it is your it is your uh, responsibility mm. to convince those investors yeah. if you want to succeed yeah. get get on your bike as they say in in terms of the app design okay. challenges then what were the design challenges in the beginning and so uh, uh, all three of us we, we are three founders and all of us are product guys okay so building a product is our forte yeah. so uh, from that perspective designing the product was one of the easier components mm. of the startup uh, but that being said the major challenge in designing a stuttering therapy app was that there are so many aspects of stuttering so 
from the outside it looks like stuttering is all about speech mm-hmm. but the effect on a person's speech is maybe 10% of the entire effect on their life so stuttering affects a person's emotional state so they can be fearful shameful afraid always in self doubt so we had to include not just speech exercises but we had to include counseling tools we had to include group support in the app and uh, to design a app that has all of these features but at the same time is not overwhelming for the user that was a very big challenge and i think anshul who leads technology there he came up with a very he came up with very interesting solutions to streamline the entire process so when the user comes into the app there is only one thing they can do and once they do that one thing which is the most impactful thing then we slowly expose them to the other features which are needed for uh, for uh, for proper treatment Interesting stuff there. Uh, are you surprised how fast you're growing then? Uh, so uh, we've been growing around 15% month over month mm. uh, as of now Is in that... terms of uh, users, revenue and stuff. Is that what you expect? Uh, so uh, till now, a, a lot of effort on our side has been on the product mm. and uh, the marketing side has been something that has been working, but we haven't really focused on that. so we wanted to get the product market fit right before we pump in money and effort into marketing so uh, now that we are getting a sense that the product has come to a level where we wanted to be now the entire team is looking more closely at the correct go to market channels things that we can do to pump up user acquisitions and stuff mm-hmm. so hopefully we'll be growing at a much faster rate mm-hmm. as we go along yes yeah, so, so any any tips on our listeners for finding product market fit there is a very famous saying that the advice you give to others is the advice you need most yourself so keeping that in mind a tip that i would give is that startup life is filled with highs and lows uh one day uh, you might think that everything is going well and you are going to conquer the world and the very next day uh things might not seem that good and you might be in complete self doubt i have felt uh and i have started to feel that the only way to effectively build a company in this state of confusion is to not get too happy when things are going good because if you get too happy and when things go bad you will get too sad and that will start to affect things hmm. so maintaining a level of equanimity is very important because it's an iteration process so you come up with something and you talk with users they give you feedback then you have to iterate on it it is very important not to lose heart during that process what was the lowest point for you then uh I have low points almost every other week so every <laughs> <Yeah>. other week <laughs> it feels like things won't work out suddenly some new idea comes into mind and this is the way we could do it mm. and this is the way it might succeed uh so and from what i have so we keep talking to experienced entrepreneurs mm-hmm. and people who have uh, who have billion dollar companies they are they are managing those companies and they tell me that even they have these moments of self doubt almost every other day mm-hmm. i i guess this is part of life mm-hmm. being an entrepreneur what what's been the best day then i think the best day was the first purchase our user made mm-hmm. so when we had start when we had launched the mvp it was a completely free app 
and around eight nine months down the line, we introduced our first paid plan. Mm-hmm. We had priced it at one dollar a month, so we we had very low expectations. And uh, all of, all three of us, all the founders, we had made a bet that when when we would have our first purchase. My bet was that we would have our first purchase one month after we launched the paid plans. And uh, the day we launched our paid plan, we got our first purchase within six hours. Wow. So I think that was the happiest moment till now. <laughs> Talk about the business model and how paid, paid plans. Is it? Sure. So, yeah. right, right. So ours is a subscription-based business model. So when a user comes to the app, uh, they, get access, uh, they get access to certain exercises for free. Uh, and there's a seven-day free trial for the paid and premium exercises. Post that, you need to purchase a subscription to continue using the app. Uh, our subscription plans are priced at $100 a year mm-hmm. for countries like US, UK, and the likes. In countries like India, our plans are priced at $20 a year. Uh, are you happy with those prices? Um, have you experimented with the costs? Or- uh, so we, we have experimented with the prices mm-hmm. and we have slowly increased them mm-hmm. as the functionality of the app has built up over time. Yeah. We plan to increase them further as we add more features. Also, what we are right now doing is we are launching assisted therapy plans. Uh, So these are plans in which you would get a speech therapist assisting you alongside the app. Mm -hmm. So these plans would be typically higher priced. Let's let's talk about stuttering and stammering then. Um, We don't seem to know much about it. What what is the science behind it? You know, is it it a genetic thing? Is it or why why do people stutter and stammer? Right. So stuttering is a complicated disorder. Mm And the exact mechanism of what causes stuttering is not well understood. Mm-hmm. But there are certain factors which are broadly agreed upon, which lead to stuttering. Mm-hmm. So first, there is a physiological aspect to it. So it tends to run in families. For example, my father stutters, all of my uncles stutter, my grandfather used to stutter. Apart from that, there is a temperamental component. So if you are somebody who has a sensitive temperament, you are more likely to stutter. And then there is an environmental component to it. If you were raised in a family, which has, uh, which is a high pressure family, parents have high expectations out of you, then you are more likely to stutter. And obviously you've got your personal experiences with stuttering. I, I have been stuttering since I was a child and uh, it's, it's, it has affected me in all, all age groups of my life. I distinctly recall a time when stuttering used to sort of control my entire life. So for example, I had gone for this internship during my college days. My office used to be three kilometers away from the place I used to stay. And there used to be this bus that would pick me up from my home and drop me to the office. But the problem was that I had to tell the bus driver the stop name every time I had to board the bus and I couldn't say the stop name. So I used to walk three kilometers every day back and forth just to avoid that situation. Similarly, I had to order food. I would never order things which I like. I would order things which were easy to say. It hampered my chances in my interviews uh, or when I used to talk with the opposite sex. So really it it used to affect every every aspect of my life who who helped you then so it was during the final year of college uh, we had to sit for interviews mm. uh, the first few interviews i sat in uh, it was a really horrible experience for me mm. 
and probably the lowest point in my entire life mm-hmm. till now i almost had a nervous breakdown back then and i started seeking out help went to a few therapists in india didn't find them very good so i started i started searching for solutions online fortunately i landed upon certain speech therapy books and started reading them and started practicing self therapy on myself so and uh, within 3 months i started to feel improvements in my speech within 6 months i could tell a joke to my friends yeah, so telling a joke <laughs> telling a joke was like un uh, was like even beyond my dreams i couldn't even think that i can tell a joke so and since then so it's been 7 years now yeah. and i still practice self therapy on myself i still practice speech therapy 30 minutes to 1 hour every day For those people who work with people who stutter and stammer what 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 should what we what should we do and what shouldn't we do if somebody stammering right so the the most important uh, thing to understand is that stuttering is not just about speech there is a very big emotional component involved in it so i'll give you an example so let's say you are a person who is completely fluent but you go to a stressful interview you might start to stutter there so for a person who stutters your everyday situations are like that stressful interview mm. so because of the negative experiences you have you have had built up that tension and anxiety in your body and that starts to affect your speech as well so it's a vicious cycle so you were stuttering so that led to fear and now you are afraid so that leads to more stuttering just working on the speech is not going to solve the problem you have to work on a person's emotional state mm. that is one advice i would like to give to everyone that's good advice have you seen the king's speech yes of course yes a great movie great yeah. movie that's that's sort of about someone who stutters uh, obviously and he has to give a big speech to during world war 2 absolutely um absolutely. There's, a, there's a bit where he's got headphones on is does that actually work okay. when he's listening to music yes, and yes. talking what's the psychology behind yes. that then so there are certain conditions called fluency enhancing conditions in stuttering right. so when a person who stutters is put into those conditions suddenly they start to see an increase in fluency so one of these conditions is singing so if a person is singing they are less likely to stutter another condition is when you mask their auditory feedback where they can't hear themselves back so that leads to certain increase in fluency other conditions are when you are whispering or talking to a pet that might induce fluency mm. but most of these conditions are temporary if for example you were to always mask a person's uh, auditory feedback mm. their brain will get used to it and within 6 months they will start back to where they were earlier ah, right. these are interesting phenomena but from the treatment point of view they aren't of much help what 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 sort of strange exercises have you done then I've done some weird ones that you uh, that you've read on the internet and it's not worked as <laughs> <is> it <laughs> I don't know. I when put- I used to go to the internet and search for exercises yeah. I yeah I I actually never tried strange exercises by myself fortunately or I I I think I had that good judgment that mm. I when I looked at an exercise uh, instead of just practicing it I would try to go into why should this exercise work mm. and because of that i was able to see clearly through which exercises are 
given by quacks versus uh, versus which exercises are more scientific in nature mm-hmm. So fortunately, I never had to go through any strange exercise. Because <laughs> on the on the FAQ site that you've got, um, you've got something <laughs> about honey. Apparently, people put honey, trying to use honey to to end or to cure stammering. But obviously, that doesn't work. Right, right, absolutely. And uh, especially in countries like India, mm. where we have a huge shortage of speech therapists, mm. and the training of speech therapists is also very often not up to the mark. Mm. uh these uh these quacky exercises are very common and these don't work uh they don't work at all and eventually what you get is a person who has spent a lot of money who has spent a lot of time on these exercises mm-hmm. and has eventually given up on life so yeah very unfortunate situation right now mm, interesting stuff uh, yes yeah, so you say you're a product guy um what what's your background then because obviously i think this is your second startup right so right so i am an uh, engineer by training okay. so i am an iit delhi graduate yeah. post that i had joined a job in a multinational corporation mm-hmm. uh, got bored with it and we started our at a uh, startup together uh, harsh and i harsh is also a co-founder in stanger right yeah. we were trying to build the car an academy for india back then so that was our first startup we were quite naive back then we didn't think through things well enough mm. we took the advice of building fast and launching the product and not planning too much too seriously mm. and uh, we took it to the other extreme so didn't plan well enough and the entire venture failed after 15 months mm. So but during that process I got very interesting learnings mm. on how to build a product. So even though I didn't have training as such uh, building a product I don't think anyone uh, anyone gets training building products. Mm. Uh, but uh, that endeavor taught me that uh, building products was one of the strengths of mine. Over time uh, post that we joined an early stage startup and there i was uh, leading the product team there there i fine tuned my skills further uh, what 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 tips can you share with our listeners about building products then a lot of products do fail but you you seem to be going well right so the biggest uh, the biggest tip for building a product is when you are building a product you have to not just think about the product but about the entire business so you have to start from where the problem lies and how your problem is going to solve that uh, how your uh, product is going to solve that problem so you have to have a certain hypothesis in your mind that this is the problem to to give confidence to that hypothesis you need to have a clearer picture of the user's life cycle so why is it that the user has this problem why is it that this problem hasn't been solved till now why is it that the solution i am thinking of can solve this problem so you have to think at the problem from different angles only then can you become more confident that the problem that you are thinking about is indeed a real problem and not something which is made up by you in your own mind just to get a uh, something something built up really a product guy isn't a product guy they are the ceo they have to think about the entire business and only then start to build the product has anyone helped you on your startup journey then a uh, lot of help we have gotten from so many amazing people and uh, i've been very surprised so 
uh, whomsoever we have approached, they have been so open to helping us, so open to giving feedback, giving advice, giving their time to us. We have been really grateful. So uh, uh, right from our, uh, I mean, right from my best friend, uh, right from a friend from college, mm. whom I hadn't talked to for five years, he angel invested in us. Awesome. He was the first one to show confidence in us. Mm. Then we became part of this incubator called Social Alpha. Mm. And they have given us uh, loads of advice, loads of connects in the industry. Then we, uh, then the first investors, the first uh, venture capital investors in our team, they have been very open to help us. Then Prosus Sika. So they, they have been a great source of help, great source of inspiration. Uh, right now, like I am uh, sitting with you, Neet. Mm-hmm. So I, I take it to, I, I thank you again mm-hmm. for uh, uh, giving us this platform to share our story. No worries, it's very interesting. Um, how did sort of main question do you ask Prosus then? Or how, how do they inspire you? So uh, I think uh, the, fir- the very first thing about Prosus is the Prosus's brand itself. Uh, with the early stage, of, uh, early stage startup like ours, especially in the healthcare space, trust is a very big factor. Mm. And everyone is asking you, why should we trust our, ch- our child with you since you are so new? And once you start to attach brand names like Prosus to it, automatically that trust level increases. Second, I think, is their portfolio of startups. So they have got startups who have grown to large, big companies. Getting uh, getting confidence from such investors in your idea is like a very big confidence boost for us. Mm. Yeah. yeah. A lot of startups do fail. I think the rate's about 90%, even with, even with money mm-hmm. and finance behind them. Why, why do you think that is then? So I think it is the nature of a startup. Mm. So inherently, you are trying to do something new. And uh, if you are sure that it is going to work, it isn't something new. So you, you are trying to do something entirely different from what has been done before. At the same time, you are trying to build something that is going to become very big and in the process, make you very rich. And uh, getting rich can never be easy in a well-functioning society. So the systems have been set up in a way that only a very few people amongst the society who are lucky, who have the smarts, who, who also get the support from the ecosystem, only they can survive this entire phase, mm-hmm. the en- entire early stage phase. Mm-hmm. So I think it is more about the system uh, because of which, I mean, more of the uh, dynamics of the society that we live in and the sort of endeavor that we are trying out and less about whether it is something that can be mitigated. Yeah, this is my perspective. No, it's interesting. Uh, is there any sort of books or blogs you want to recommend? Anything that's helped you in your, on your on your startup journey? Uh, yes, so I think Charlie Munger. So Charlie Munger is the vice chairman of Berkshire Hathaway. Mm-hmm. So he's been a very big inspiration for me. Uh, I consider him to be my guru. Mm-hmm. So uh, any talks you can read about him, any books you can read about him, mm-hmm. I think those would be very enlightening mm-hmm. for any entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. So he has this uh, capacity to distill very complex concepts into very simple one-line insights. So I would uh, advise everyone to go through him once. 
Apart from that, I think uh, Jeff Bezos from Amazon, uh, Ray Dalio uh, from uh, uh, Bridgewater, uh, uh, these are some of my other heroes. Mm -hmm. So these are entrepreneurs also. And going through their texts, uh, their talks really helped mm -hmm. me. Yeah. What's, what's next on the roadmap for you then? So th three things. Yeah. So first is the assisted therapy plans, mm -hmm. which I talked about, in which you would have a speech therapist assisting you alongside the app. Uh, second, we want to expand beyond stuttering into other speech disorders. So uh, other speech disorders, be it uh, aphasia, apraxia, cluttering, articulation disorders. So all of these have very similar problems like uh, those exist for stuttering. Mm. And finally, uh, we would also like to try our hands into building tools to help speech therapists yeah. out. Yeah. So, yeah. So as we have gone deeper into the market, we have realized that currently uh, the way a speech therapist works is not very different from how it used to be a hundred years ago. Mm. So we see that there is a very big gap in the market for technology tools to help a speech therapist. So we also want to build some of those. What, what would that look like then? Currently, it would be a, a very simple tools like when you get a person in a session, what kind of activities you can do with them to increase the effectiveness of those 30 minutes to one hour that you are having with that patient. And then when that patient goes back home, is there any way you can facilitate the practice of the exercises they were taught in that session. And then when they go back and if they have questions to ask, they can, instead of coming to the speech therapist's office, they can ask the question online through that platform. Awesome stuff. That's a good idea, that. Um, how, how big is the team then? Obviously, you start with three people. How many have you got now? Yeah, so we have 12 full-time team members now. So four on the technology side, mm -hmm. two speech therapists, two on the marketing and operations. Mm -hmm. So yeah. And what, what's, your main role, what's your main role now then? Because obviously, you've, you've got this off the ground now, people are using it. Right, right. So uh, all of us three founders, we have uh, split the roles uh, amongst ourselves. So I currently look after the product and clinical side of things. Mm. Harsh looks after the marketing and operations. And Anshul looks after the technology side of things. Awesome stuff. Uh, what, what's the, what's the, the key takeaway you want people to know about being an entrepreneur then? I think the key takeaway is that it's a long journey. It's an arduous journey. Mm -hmm. But it's a journey filled with meaning. So... From what I can see, from what I gather about life, life is filled with suffering. So no matter who you are, no matter what you do, you are going to encounter situations in life, things in life, which are going to be hard for you to solve. It is always better to have something meaningful in life that makes the pain worth it. And startup life will give you layers and layers of meaning. So it's a very difficult life. It's a difficult endeavor. So you have to force yourself to evolve, to meet the challenge. You have to uh, manage a team. You have to face your fears. Uh, you have to do so many difficult things, but it is very meaningful and very fulfilling and a very fulfilling experience. So yeah, this is what I would like to say. Oh, wise words there. Uh, Meet, um, last question for people who want more information about you and the app. Uh, what must they do? Uh, so uh, for information on the app, uh, you can go to stamurai.com 
S-T-A-M-U-R-A-I.com. And for any information that you might require about me, about the team, about the company, you can email to us at meet, M-E-E-T, at stamurai.com. Meet, thanks for coming on the show today. Much appreciated. Thanks so much, Neem. Thank you for having me. Thanks to Meet for coming on the show today. Uh, go to samurai.com for more information. Uh, thank you for listening and supporting the podcast. And I shall be back next week. If you're building something exciting, please send me an email, hello at neopatel.co, or you can tweet at IndianSlapsMessage, or you can go to facebook.com forward slash Indian Slap Show. Love to connect. Thank you, and goodbye.